Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Alberta's forests matter to all of us. That's why Alberta's forest industry works to keep them sustainable now and for future generations. By planning 200 years ahead, helping control the spread of fire and disease, and planting and nurturing two trees for every one harvested, we keep our forests standing strong. To learn more about how our forests take care of us and how we take care of them, visit loveabforests.com. There's obviously a very big election going on this week. By the time this episode drops, uh, presumably someone will have won that election. (laughs) One would assume. One assumes that there will be a president of the United States. Yes. We cannot see that far in the future, however, because we are, instead of watching election results, recording this podcast. I would rather be doing anything than watching election results. Yeah, I used to work in journalism in the media and uh worked many an election night and they are a very stressful time both for the people working them and for the people not working them it's kind of relieving to have a distraction on a night when i might otherwise be tempted to be doom scrolling on twitter yeah i purposely opened up twitter this morning and muted a whole bunch of words to try and keep my feed clean and then i proceeded to not be on twitter for the rest of the day anyway so i'm good There you go. I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. By the time you're listening to this, though, as I mentioned, probably there will be results to that election and congratulations or condolences, depending on whether your candidate won and or lost. Yes. There you go. There we go. There you go. All bases covered there. We are playing it straight down the middle here. (laughs) We're also famously Canadians and therefore don't really have a horse in the race. We really don't. So... I mean, well, we might we might have politics that might line up with one or the other candidate. If you've listened to previous uh, episodes of this podcast, we have never said anything out loud, but you could probably glean where we kind of align on the political spectrum. But it doesn't matter because we are Canadians and not allowed to vote in an American con- election. And and thus we endorse no one. Well, there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a shame for both sides that neither of them got that big, very valuable the read along endorsement could have could have swung it either way who knows like yeah (laughs) uh i know that we do have many listeners from uh many corners of the world uh presumably not all of them are bots (laughs) i hope not um i know that we have some definitely some uh listeners from the uk because we have covered two books now out of the uk uh we have a couple spanish listeners because our first book was Edgar Cantero. Hopefully, if you are listening from outside of North America, we have brought new books to you that you might not have read before and that and some new perspectives uh, that you might not be familiar with. And so. Thank you for taking some time on our little Labor of Love podcast. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we, of course, are, are getting a bit of a different perspective ourselves here. Because we famously went out of our way for this novel to find uh, a black writer, yes, uh, and a and a black fantasy novel for that matter, which yeah. is 
kind of outside of our comfort zone, but in an exciting way. <laughs> and yeah, in uh, a good way. Yeah. And so far, I'm I'm quite enjoying the book. With that said, shall we get a brief recap of the end of part one of our novel? Yes, let us discuss book. A tale of tragedy and revenge. As uh, we return to the Sangoma's hut to discover a massacre enacted by the coup because Kava has betrayed everyone. And Tracker is sent out on a on a mission to get bloody vengeance. <laughs> not on not for his family's murders, but for the murder of his adopted family after a fashion. Uh, yeah, you could you could phrase it that way. Yeah. And revenge himself he does, and those children. By killing the uh, Ku tribesmen, including his beloved uncle, Hank Witchman, and Kava, uh, who enacted this massacre. The children are then, the the surviving children are then dropped off at the Gingatom tribe and Tracker and Leopard part ways for many years. And that is what leads us into the beginning of part two, chapter six of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. Tracker, just betrayal on all sides there. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of friends. Can I kind of understand why he's a bit of a solo act for the why, most part. Why he is the way he is. Indeed. Mm. So part two is titled Malakin. It uh, starts with the quote, Gabakura Baya Siyaki, which translated from Yoruba ah. means next time, don't buy it. Oh. For the record, we, we didn't actually really delve into the fact that we were in part one of the book back in part one. And didn't explore what was on that title page. But on that title page was Bioju Rienu Apamo, which is not everything the eye sees should be spoken by the mouth. Sounds kind of like a proverb. Yeah, sounds exactly like a proverb. I'm trying to relate it to all of part one, and it mostly fits. It kind of, well, it kind of lines up with Tracker very much, and the very conversation much. he's having with the Inquisitor. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, this this part is opening with next time, don't buy it. All right, then. We'll it's kind of how... it's kind of a fool me once shame on you sort of saying as yeah. I understand it. So. That's yeah. yeah. We'll see we'll see how this pans out. So time has passed in the present and by the present I mean where Tracker is being inquisited by the inquisitor. Yeah, we got like three layers we're dealing with here all at once. Yeah, we've got the Tracker in the present and the Tracker of the past and and, and then the weird side stories and we're not sure where they fit yet. Yeah, Tracker's dealing like this story is happening somewhat achronologically because it's somewhat it's happening in the pre it's a story that Tracker is relating in the present of something that happened in the past where he frequently talks about stuff that's gone on before. Yes. Or after? <laughs> yes. I'm never sure. So, he goes off on tangents in his stories, mm -hmm. and I'm never sure exactly where some tangents fit. He's Right? Tracker Tracker is a very train of thought storyteller. Yes, which is fine. It makes for interesting stories. But he tells a story about this thing he did this one time, but we don't know when that time is. Yeah. And then he goes back to the main story he's telling about a different time, but he doesn't make any connections between those two. So I don't know which one came first and which one came second, or if one is slotted in between. I just don't know. It makes some manner of sense. Tracker is a man who has had adventures. It's even, true. Even at the point where he's uh, meeting back up with Leopard, which we'll get to because yeah. we, we've gotten a bit ahead of well, ourselves. Well, that is kind of the point. We start back uh, with the Inquisitor and some time has passed here. 
uh, enough time that Tracker has been moved to a new location and that the Inquisitor is presenting him with like a transcript of the first part of their interrogation, which also informs us that Tracker is literate, which yes. we might he might not have been. We did it's not true. know for sure prior. The Inquisitor's account does note something that we noted as well in part one, that Tracker's sensory memory is quite finely honed. Oh, yes. Um, particularly smells, but even things that he's seen that, that strike vividly with him, he can remember with almost perfect recall. Mm-hmm. Frustratingly for the Inquisitor, if not necessarily for us, he can glaze over other details that are just unimportant to him. Right. He'll describe a moment in time at great length in wonderful detail, and then skip over three years. Because they were unimportant to him. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of happens here, actually. Apparently the Inquisitor at one point also tried to catch Tracker out in a lie, and... <laughs> it went badly. It went very badly. Tracker ended up snapping and very nearly murdering the man. Apparently he spent some years in a place called Me Too, and Tracker was being really cagey and dissembling about what he was doing there, and it must be a real sore spot with him, because he's refusing to tell the Inquisitor what went on there. He refuses to acknowledge that he's ever been there or ever heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, that's a, that's and then a tender when, point. And then when pushed on the matter, he nearly killed the man. Yeah. So, let's maybe not talk about that yet. We'll you probably wait. get back to it. You don't aggravate on that point. You wait for him to bring it up. And he probably will. My guess is that that's being, that's a seed being planted for later. Mm-hmm. I feel like this Inquisitor isn't very good at his job. Yeah, he's getting some answers. Yeah. He's just getting but... answers at Tracker's pace. Yeah. Uh, Tracker also does offhandedly mention returning to visit the Mingi children a few times, if only once successfully. Yeah. And that they appear to be doing fine. And we will revisit that later in uh, dialogue with leopard as well yeah um he also offhandedly mentions a time he willingly allowed himself to be enslaved just for a change of pace which was weird yeah i oh that whole bit and again i don't know where it falls in tracker's timeline yeah presumably sometime before leopard returned Uh, or maybe after who knows yeah but the fact that he was just like i'm bored i'm gonna go be a slave for a while so he sells himself into slavery yep just because kind of just to, I guess, to see what it's like. I guess. And because it's, as he put it, like, it's easy food. It's three square meals and work that I'd probably be doing anyway. I suppose. And then to get out of it, he just does horrible things to his master and just leaves. Well, because Tracker is actually a pretty decent killer of men, as oh. we have been shown multiple times now. Absolutely. And if he decides he wants to not be with you anymore and wants you dead, you're probably going to be dead. Right? It just... It kind of blows my mind a little that he can just decide that he doesn't want to be a slave anymore and he's just done with it. I mean, he's probably somewhat unique in that manner. Yes. So we come back to the story at hand. Uh, Tracker was approached by the leopard to find a child, apparently more than once, as a matter of fact. Yeah, but we two are, separate occasions. But we are particularly interested at the moment in this first one. Tracker begins by uh, regaling the Inquisitor with him and Leopard catching up upon leopard's return notably leopard is actually a different man after all these years not just necessarily in appearance but in manner he he comes across a lot more human he laughs more easily he's not the same leopard that we knew in the bush over by sangoma's place yeah he's he's a little older well he, even he says he's he's older we're, yeah. we're both older he's a little older he's a little more experienced he's a little bit different yeah life wear, does stuff to wears you. clothes now you know yeah well i think he's wearing clothes because he has to because he's in the city yeah maybe so but he, even so he doesn't take it off when he goes down to visit the slaver later that might be a matter of protocol it could be he, the point is he's changed 
The, yes. the younger Leopard that Tracker knew probably wouldn't care to do that either way. Leopard notes that Tracker has changed too and does point out the eye, the mysterious eye that he has. Which we've has been brought up before, mm -hmm. but we but we don't talk about the eye. Yeah, he's not ready to tell us the story of what exactly went on there. Though he does give us a little more information. Apparently it is a wolf's eye. Yes. So that's probably where our titular red wolf is coming from. Probably. Yeah. It's a very educated guess. There was something that jumped out at me here. I don't know if you caught it. This is the first time I think Tracker refers to or thinks of Leopard as a werebeast. Yes, I did notice. Not just a shape changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that jumped out at me. But that's not entirely accurate, is it? Sure, why not? Well, because a shapeshifter, mm -hmm. I would assume, uh, does it of their own accord. Sure. Whenever they like. Whereas... A werebeast doesn't necessarily have control but over when they change. It has to do with the moon. You know how different stories have different flavors of vampire? Oh, this is a different flavor of werebeast? Yeah. Um, depending on the media that you're consuming, the rules of werebeasts can be different. And in some media, they can change of their own volition. In some media, they have no control over it. In some media, it's a little of column A and a little of column B. They can change at will, but are forced to change on the full moon. Something like that. No, okay. In this case, our werebeast leopard can change at will, it seems. So okay. It did jump out at me because it's, it's a more loaded term than merely shape changer. Yeah. So... Tracker catches up with him a bit on some of his adventures during the time they spent apart. Uh, particularly, he mentions a time he was hired by a prince of the Kalendar Horse Lords to find a princess who had been kidnapped. Prince is a real piece of work. Why are they all such jerks? Uh, entitled. They're rich. I guess. Yeah. Tracker takes the job mostly out of curiosity. As he puts it, sometimes work is its own reward. He actually discovers the princess, like, an hour away. <laughs> not even. Oh, yeah. Like, not very far. And discovers very quickly she engineered her own kidnapping, uh, mostly just to get a portion of the ransom money, so that she could overthrow her father, which Tracker finds endlessly amusing because her father, as he keeps pointing out, is prince of nothing. He doesn't actually own any land. <laughs> no, he's just rich. <laughs> yeah. She's also real upset at the kidnappers for asking for such a lousy ransom. She's like, is this all I'm worth? Seriously? Come on. Yeah, she's a real piece of work, too. He also notes that the kidnapper was another shape changer. He presumes a lion and its pride. Yeah, which uh, I found very interesting. Uh, I assumed that Leopard was uh, maybe not unique, but at least uncommon, but apparently not. Well, Tracker also mentions, I want to say earlier in this chapter, that the city of Malakal isn't exactly fond of shape changers but that the tavern that they chose doesn't really care so long as your pockets are overflowing, mm -hmm. um, which implies that shape changers are a thing. Yeah, okay. Leopard assumes Tracker told the prince of her plan, then slipped away, and Tracker is like, oh, where would the fun be in that? Uh, so mm -hmm. instead, he actually just reported the conspiracy, not the daughter, and advised the prince he should just burn down that place. Then he slipped out of town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave it to Tracker to uh, decide to take a little bit of petty revenge on the prince there. We we know enough about Tracker and his character now that, yeah, that, that fits. I was going to say that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, it's fitting yeah. to the Tracker that we've come to know and love. Tracker asks for a story from Leopard in return. And Leopard says that he actually went out to sea for a time and ended up finding his estranged father, who he had assumed was dead. Yeah. 
apparently in his dotage, his father had actually been living as a man and had forgotten he was a beast, which Leopard found a little sad, but he stayed with him until he passed away. Uh, and Tracker thinks it's kind of a bittersweet story. Yeah. And Leopard's like, oh, look at you getting all sentimental as you get older. <laughs> he's older. He's in his 20s, I'm sure. Yeah, Leopard talks about other lands he visited. Uh, he mentions in particular a land inhabited by men with pale skin who eat their god every seven days. And I was like, oh, he's talking about Christianity. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Uh, he also worked as a mercenary and then as essentially an adult entertainer, he kind of suggests for a while. Yeah. And Tracker demands to know the sexy story. <laughs> he's like, you are going to tell me everything right now. <laughs> but Leopard manages to dissemble and get uh, back onto uh, business topics. Yeah. I believe he calls it a, a body story. Yeah. Yeah. He successfully fails to share it with Tracker at this time. Um, he ends up changing the subject, actually, to kind of ask Tracker, are you happy? And Tracker actually gets a little offended by this and then determines that this is some kind of test that Leopard is laying before him. And Leopard actually doesn't dispute that fact. He is kind of testing Tracker here. Mm -hmm. Tracker finally concedes, I'm not happy, but I'm not exactly unhappy. This fun gray area of yeah, he's, satisfied existence, I he's guess. He's content. He's busy. He's not bored. And Leopard kind of says, you know, it's a bit of a shame that you have nothing to lose. And Tracker goes to leave at that point and is like, well, I'm kind of offended. You're being cagey with me. <laughs> Screw this. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And Leopard actually plays him a little dirty here by bringing up the Mingi children to get him to stay. Which is the leopard we've come to know and love. But it's also canny of leopard, because he's like, you say you don't really have anything you care about, but I've been by to visit the Mingi children recently, and Tracker's like, tell me everything. <laughs> Here's another story you have to tell me. Leopard reveals he still does deal with the Gingatom at times, so he knows what's up with the Mingi children. He kind of fills us in a little bit on what they're up to. And he also asks Tracker, have you ever visited the Mingi children? And Tracker fails to lie to him. <laughs> Because we already know that he's told the Inquisitor he's been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leopard tells Tracker, you are the world's worst liar. But conversely, it also makes you the one person who I trust the most. <laughs> Which is good? Question mark? I think. Uh, after talking about the Mingi children for a moment, Tracker asks, why are you so concerned about my happiness? Like, it, it can't be just because you're personally concerned about me. And Leopard admits a little bit. A little bit. I, I sometimes think of you and wonder what you're up to. But the job that we're being offered is demanding. And it might be easier for a man who has nothing to lose. Well, and yeah, but then he plays the other side of that coin as well. That maybe that man who has something to lose fights all the harder? Yeah. It's it's a weird catch-22 Yeah, to me. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Like, are you, are you happy? Like, or like, okay, so you have nothing to lose. Okay. But then you have nothing to lose. So what are you fighting for if you have nothing? Yeah. It's a, it's a little back and forth for me. Just as a little aside here, Tracker loses his train of thought here while talking to Leopard, uh, looking like he's like seen something and it's enough that Leopard's like, what are you looking at? And Tracker just kind of brushes it off. We don't get any clarification on what happened there, but I'm wondering if he spotted the boy. Maybe. Who we'll get to know shortly. Mm -hmm. um, and then was like, no, I, maybe it was nothing. But I, I suspect that might be what it is, but I don't know. Well, because he doesn't talk about it, so we don't no. know. 
Leopard does finally get down to business, though. Uh, apparently a very rich slaver by the name of Amadu Kasawura has lost a child. Uh, he calls the child his little fly. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl at this time. No, not at this time. It's not time. clarified. And he's cagey about if the child is even his own. Because he's a slaver, it might not be his yeah, child. Who knows? Most think the child must be dead, uh, perhaps swept down the river. But Amadu believes the child is still alive and was taken and is being taken west. And apparently he has compelling enough evidence that Leopard is interested. And he's also got very deep pockets, which is another reason Leopard is interested. Mm. He's apparently commissioned nine hunters to bring the child back to him. Four other men, three women, Leopard and Tracker. Yes. Uh, and while he hopes the child still lives, he will be satisfied to at least know that the child is dead. Like, for sure. Yeah. Dead. Tracker is intrigued. Intrigued enough to at least agree to come hear the mission from Amadu himself. Leopard essentially says, I won't do the story justice. You need to come talk to the guy. They go to leave the inn, and that's when Tracker picks up the scent of the boy who's tailing them. And Leopard is like, oh, that guy is basically my squire. <laughs> Tracker's nose knows better. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 I don't just, I don't just smell this boy on you. I smell him on you. Yeah. Uh, Leopard says the boy is someone who he once saved the life of and who now kind of follows him and serves him out of a sense of loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Tracker's just like, mm, I bet you frequently have a young boy whom you've saved following you around until you're done with them. And I think Tracker sees a little bit of himself in uh, the boy Fumali. We'll later learn his name is. Though yes. Tracker forgets it almost instantly. And Leopard can't even be bothered to learn his name. That is so harsh. Uh, Leopard goes off ahead, uh, leaving Tracker and Fumali to linger behind. Uh, they end up wandering through Malakal's ruins yeah, on the edge of town for a Yeah, minute. the ruins on the outside. The which are apparently like labyrinthine. And super haunted from the sounds. Yeah. And then ultimately camp out. Uh, at the top of the valley before following Leopard down, because uh, the slaver is is down in the valley at this time. Though, by the description, more of a canyon, it sounds like, than a valley? Yeah, kind of. I'm yeah. not sure. That night, Tracker gets a bit introspective about Leopard's questions about happiness, and he kind of admits, at the very least, that he does still care about the Mingi children more than he maybe has admitted to himself previously, and that Leopard's brought that up. and. He finds himself worrying a little bit if he could have done more for them than he did, than just leave them to the Gingatom tribe. Yeah, but you have to remember, he's looking at it with hindsight. Yeah. Right? He was a teenager. It's not like he could have taken them and raised them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So, realistically, he did the best that he could at the time. And they're safe with the Gingatom tribe. Yeah. All, all reports say they've grown up well. Yeah. Quite so. Next morning, they descend into the Canyon Valley uh, and do catch up with Leopard fairly promptly, who was mm -hmm. just basically camped out at the base of the uh, hill, cliff, who knows. Yeah. Uh, then they head off to meet the slaver. Uh, Tracker does note the caravan is very colorful when they mm -hmm. come across it. More like, kind of almost like a carnival looking and And quite, quite large. Indeed. With surprisingly few guards. But from what we understand about uh, this Amadu guy from Leopard... He's not a guy you cross lightly. Yeah, he doesn't need a lot of guards because he has a reputation. Indeed. Mm. They find the slaver in the midst of passing judgment over two slaves who were caught doing something illicit. A uh, mm. 
something sexy and illicit. Um, the woman, Tracker quickly surmises, was purposefully kind of devaluing herself by sleeping around with some of the other slaves. Well, and yeah, I, I got the impression that she was trying to get pregnant because that makes her worthless. When the slaver kind of calls her out on that, she more or less just says, uh, I would rather die free than live as a slave, even in the lap of luxury, insults him. And the slaver's just like, all right, then you'll get your wish. Guards, take her away. And then punishes the man by having him castrated, basically. Yeah, turns him into a eunuch. And then the slaver greets Tracker, and that's kind of where the chapter ends off, with our first impression of this Amadu guy. Who, I mean, first impressions, is a slaver, has a weird sense of justice, I guess? I guess. Well, and Tracker makes his opinion of slavers pretty clear earlier. Yeah, he doesn't hold them in high esteem not really no and i don't know if he sold himself into slavery before or after this part of the story takes place my guess is before possibly it would make sense considering yeah. how he treated his slaver master before he left him and his not too high opinion of slavers right now yeah so we kind of took an entire chapter to get to the beginning of the story more or less. That's, that's what it feels like. The, well, way Tracker no. t- the way Tracker tells his stories with inserted bits and very roundabout ways. I still feel like we're at the beginning of the story that we're supposed to be getting. Yeah, we've been at the beginning of the story for over 100 pages, actually. Yeah, but right? It's a real slow burn. That's not entirely true because the story of part one is how Tracker kind of became Tracker. And the story of part two, which is about the actual quest to find this child begins not with his meeting with the slaver, but with his meeting with the leopard. Yeah. And that's where we begin. I'm not saying the rest of the story isn't relevant. It is. It's all relevant. It's good world building. It's good character building. It's all It's all good stuff. I've enjoyed reading it so far. But we are on part two, and we are only now just getting to the beginning of the story. <laughs> Slow burn. Maybe more a story, because Tracker is full of stories. It's true. Our main quest? Our pertinent story. The, the story the Inquisitor wants to hear. Yes. The story the Inquisitor wants. Indeed. Mm. This was a long chapter. We, uh, I'm surprised at how quickly we managed to breeze through it in our kind of recap here, uh, because it was, it was a long chapter. There was a lot of conversation in this chapter, though, so it, and it's easy to, I think, it's easy for us to recap that. Yeah, and I mean... You're like, they swap stories. Well, you just cut out like a third of the chapter. <laughs> fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, I, I still liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm still quite enjoying the novel. I'm I'm confident that all of the little things he alludes to that aren't actually little things are all going to come out eventually, and I look forward to getting there. Oh yeah, the you know he's going to tell the story about the eye at some point. And what happened in Me Too? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, Marlon so James. I look forward is, to getting there. Well, here's something else, and I'm just going to put this out there right now. Black Leopard, Red Wolf is part one of a planned trilogy. Oh, I see. So some of those seeds might be story hooks that aren't going to pay off this book. Hmm, fair enough. We might learn more about them in future books. As long as they get paid off, I would presume so. I'd be happy. I mean, there's something to be said about throwing out a little bit of uh, esoteria about your world. That is left unanswered because it does add a little bit of mystery to your to to the world you've built, mm-hmm. and it makes the world seem larger than the story you're telling. But generally speaking, if it's something pertinent to the character, 
you kind of want to pay that off at some point. Yeah, okay. Even if not necessarily right now in book one. Mm. So, something to look forward to. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so next up will be chapter seven. You'll want to read up on that in time for next week. In the meantime, you know, Tracker talks a lot about the past. Hasn't really spoken much about the future. And that might be because he's currently in prison and possibly about to be executed by whatever <laughs> authorities have captured him. Who knows? But uh, just because he's in dire straits doesn't mean that you can't look to the future. And wouldn't you know it, but longtime supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network, ATB Financial, does have a podcast about exactly that. That was a very good segue. Of course it was. Very good at segues. <laughs> They're very smooth. Smooth Scott segue. Today I want to tell you about ATB's new podcast, The Future Of. Join Todd Hirsch, ATB's Vice President and Chief Economist, as he connects with special guests who offer unique and useful perspectives about the future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. From the future of women in business to the changing nature of work itself, The Future Of helps us understand what's coming and what we need to do today to get the tomorrow we want. Featuring two episodes each month, plus bonus episodes, The Future Of includes interviews with top community and business leaders from Alberta and around the world. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect to ask your questions about the future by emailing thefutureof at atb.com. The Future Of. A podcast. By ATB. <laughs> uh, you can check that out at your leisure. If you're also looking for other podcasts to uh, enjoy. Oh, have we got a site for you? Yeah, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, we are featured there as are all of our sibling podcasts on myriad topics. So many podcasts, my goodness. Yeah, we have podcasts on politics, on sports, on uh, media, on food. Oh, Something yeah. there is definitely going to tickle your fancy. Absolutely. You should uh, go check them out right now, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Once you find one you like, download it on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, maybe give us a little rating and a review. We would appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback, we are available on social media. Absolutely. We have the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Goodreads. We are at the read-along on most of those. We are. We can also be reached via email. Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much. And we'll see you next time. For more slow Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.